Hey guys, it's the Pylon Sports Podcast here. Just wanted to let you know the app Anchor has been super easy and super helpful with me starting my own podcast. It's free, super just understanding on how to, you know, start your own podcast, you know, gives details, gives explanations, and it's just been the best app to start, you know, my first ever podcast, and I'm super thankful for Anchor. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, I recommend going through Anchor. This is the Pylon Sports Podcast, signing out. What is going on, guys? The Pylon Sports Podcast here. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day today whenever you're watching. Today, just want to talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl happened Sunday, about two days ago. Didn't get a chance to record it yesterday, so we're going to do it today. I just wanted to, you know, talk about the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, some of the stats, you know, just kind of discuss the game, you know, some free range talking about it. And that's that's really it. Whereas hopefully it's not going to be a super long episode, but let's hop right into it. First, I want to talk about the Buccaneers, your Super Bowl 55 champions, as they won 31-9. to It was pure domination all across the board. The Bucs played so well offensively and defensively, and the Chiefs just had no answers, and they had some struggles, which we'll talk about later. With the Bucs, Tom Brady played phenomenal football. He played great football, as he always usually does in the Super Bowl, going 21 for 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, and zero picks. He played great. He put the ball exactly where it needed to be, and he just did his job, and they won the Super Bowl because of it. But he wasn't the biggest reason about this team. I would give it to the defense, which we'll you know discuss later, but the running game was even dominant. Leonard Fournette looked like a tank out there, going 16 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown, while averaging about 5.6 yards per carry. He played great. He played more snaps than Ronald Jones, and he was just dominant. He took his snaps, and he was just going with it. And I believe they only signed him for a one-year deal, so he could be up in free agency this year. And after this performance, and he's been pretty decent through the regular season, you could see a team offer him some money. And I'm not sure what that team would be. Maybe the Steelers, possibly the Bears. Cardinals, Dolphins maybe even, but Leonard Fournette played super well, and then even Ronald Jones played well, 12 carries, 61 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, he played really well too, that running game was just destroying the Chiefs front seven, and this offense just continued to just play great, and then their best receiver of the game wasn't Chris Godwin, it wasn't Mike Evans, it wasn't um, the legend Scotty Miller, it was Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski had his second best game over the season, and both his best games this year were against the Chiefs. In Week 12, he had six receptions for 106 yards. And then on Sunday, he had six receptions for 67 yards and had the two touchdowns. The first touchdown was kind of like a, I don't even know how you want to call it, kind of like a screen pass type of work, and he just walked right in. And then his second touchdown was a, like a 20, 27-yard bomb throw. Um to towards the kind of the right side of the end zone, but he's been he was great this season. Started off the season more as a traditional blocking tight end, and then when it came playoff time and when needed it most, Tom Brady found his found his buddy, and Rob Gronkowski delivered. Mike Evans, he was all right. Chris Godwin was decent, but it was really Tom Brady, Gronkowski, in the running game, 
and not to mention their O-line. Their O-line was phenomenal. Whether you got Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs is going to be a superstar offensive tackle, which he already basically is. He only gave up one sack on the entire season while playing every single snap for the offense this year. Tristan Wirfs is something special. He's going to be something special, and the fact that he wasn't the highest-picked offensive lineman in that class, it's a little shocking. And then if we just talk about the Bucks' defense, Shaq Barrett, or as Tom Brady calls him, Sack Barrett, had one and a half sacks, I believe he had. And just their front seven just created so much pressure. It was ridiculous. They had three total sacks on the day, two interceptions, but it seemed like every single play, Patrick Mahomes was struggling for his life and was scrambling outside the pocket damn near every play. He had, what was it, um, ESPN report he had over 300 yards rushing when it came to like just scrambling out of the pocket. It, w- it was something ridiculous like that. I don't know if it was exactly 300 yards, but that front seven made Mahomes' life a living hell, basically, and they proved themselves. Um, Levante David's a free agent this year, and he's going to be looking for big money, <clears throat> and we're going to have to see if uh, he returns. Mike Evans said he's willing to take a pay cut to bring guys like Shaq Barrett back. Chris Godwin, and even Levante David back, which shows leadership and shows team over over money, which a lot of people, I think, really need to do. Because if you won the Super Bowl and you can bring all your guys back, you can have a chance to possibly repeat or even make a deep run in the playoffs. So if they can bring back Shaquille Barrett, if they can bring back Levante David, if they can bring back Chris Godwin, they're going to be in good shape. Chris Godwin has been, you know, rumors offers from the Dolphins and the Jets and a lot of teams are probably going to be really interested in Shaq Barrett and even Levante David, even though he's 30. It's not like he was bad this year. He was good this year. He had a good year. But now, I mean, let's just talk about the Chiefs. They struggled. <laughs> they had no touchdowns the entire game, three field goals. They struggled. They <laughs> I, Struggling might be putting it lightly. Mahomes didn't have a great game as he went 26 for 49, 270 yards, zero touchdowns, and two picks. Like I talked about when we were talking about the Chiefs or the Bucks defense, he was scrambling so much because that the defensive pressure was getting there so quickly. And I understand, you know, Eric Fisher was out, so you know that didn't help the situation at all. But yeah, their O line is was just really not good, and we'll talk about that later um, when I discuss things that they could do this offseason. But their offense was not good. Their best player was probably Travis Kelsey, who had 10 receptions for 133 yards. Tyree Kill was decent, but, I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a, good, had a decent game. Nine carries, 64 yards, 7.1 yards per carry. He played well, but other than that, the, you know, Le'Veon Bell obviously didn't do anything. Damien, I believe it's Damien Williams. I don't remember his name. Something Williams. There's a million Williams in the league. He didn't really do much. I don't even know if he played. I don't even know. Whatever. But the Chiefs were just not good. They were not good. Talk about their defense. Their defense let the Bucks do basically anything they want. This beginning of the game, it looked like no one was going to score in the first quarter. And then obviously uh, Mike Suckup had, I believe, he got the first points on the board with a field goal. And then Rob Gronkowski got his touchdown. I believe that's how it started. I'm not 100% sure. But (laughs) 
their offense was not good. Their defense wasn't good. Tyron Mathieu and Tom Brady were chirping all game. Tyron Mathieu looked pissed at halftime. It just was not a good game, and their corners did not play well at all. Um, the receivers, they struggled to catch the damn football and create any kind of separation. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis held down the fort, and those guys really showed up where they needed to be and when they needed to be. Whether they're running man, zone, blitz, those two guys were really playing well. Antoine Winfield played really well. Um, I believe, yeah, he had a pick, and so did Devin White. This defense is just so good, and they have a lot of young pieces. Devin White's young. Antoine Winfield's young. Murphy Bunting's young. Carlton Davis is young. They got some older guys like, yeah, Levante David, uh, JPP, Nadamik and Sue. They have Vita Vea, who's young too. They have a great defense, and if they can retain their pieces, they're going to be just fine. Um, Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardman were basically just irrelevant. Like, you could have put, like, a broomstick on the field to be a receiver and probably would have done more than both those guys combined as they were held to three receptions for 17 yards combined. I believe Sammy Watkins had one reception for 13 yards and McCole Hardman was two for four. Um, but three, but 17 yards from with your second and third best receivers, that is not good at all. And it, it just shows that they might need to target wide receiver in this draft class. Like maybe Rashad Bateman falls to 31. Maybe Kadarius Tony falls to 31. Terrace Marshall. I'm not sure, but Watkins didn't look good. Hardman didn't look great. And it just showed, because really, if any receptions were being completed, it was to either the running back out in the field at the time, Terry Kill, or uh, Travis Kelsey, who was a beast. Their O-line, their O-line struggled, like we talked about. Eric Fisher, torn Achilles in the Bills game. He didn't play. <laughs> their O-line is not good, and that's probably something they might need to look at in the draft, in the draft, because you're not going to get Panay Sewell, Christian Derrissaw, Rashawn Slater, Sam Cosme. I doubt you're going to get any of those four guys, but there's some guys later down the board at that pick that you could potentially go at. Um, I doubt Elijah Vera Tucker slides down. I just, I don't know. This, they just need to figure out something to do with their O-line. A lot of teams are going to be looking into O-line, like the Bills, the Colts, Washington, Minnesota. A lot of those teams in the draft are going to be looking probably at O-line, and that's going to cause some issues for uh, for Kansas City when it comes up to their time when they're um, on the clock at 31. So receiver could be in play. Defense, Defensive line could honestly be in play because obviously you have Chris Jones, who's a cornerstone D-tackle. You have Frank Clark, who I believe had the only sack of the game for them. Even corner, dude. Corner was not good for them either. This team is so good, but has holes in some of the best spots, in some of the like most important spots. Yes, they have probably the best quarterback in the league, top two quarterback in the league, top three. It really just doesn't. It really just matters on who you're talking to and what their opinion is. But I believe O line is the second most important position in football because if you don't have an O line, it shows. They didn't have an O line, and they could not get anything done. No touchdowns. No touchdowns in an entire game, and I think this is the. I think they said it was the first time in the Mahomes era that they've been held to under to no touchdowns, whether it was running, rushing, or passing. I mean that just shows how dominant Tampa Bay was and how poorly the 
um, Chiefs offense was. If you throw in Eric Fisher, do they win this game? I'm not sure. It probably makes a huge difference. Mahomes probably doesn't get sacked three times and scrambles out of the pocket for 700 yards and just has to throw the ball as he's parallel to the ground, which was a great pass, and that receiver didn't catch it. Those receiver, The Chiefs receivers on Sunday basically had butter on their hands or just anything because they were just dropping so many passes, and it was crazy. Um, Mike Remmers, the chief, one of the Chiefs' O-linemen, was terrible. He did not make Patrick Mahomes' life any better. And if you guys remember, he was on that Panthers team when they went to the Super Bowl in 2015, 2014. And the same thing happened. Cam Newton was scrambling out of the pocket, fumbled, getting sacked. And that Broncos team was really good. And that's when Von Miller was, like, in his prime, basically. But they also had Shaq Barrett, but Shaq Barrett didn't do anything on that team. But Mike Remmers, I don't know how that man is still in the league after going to two Super Bowls and absolutely shitting the bed in Super Bowl. I don't know. But the Chiefs, like I talked about, need an O-line. They need a receiver because Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy, and he's inconsistent, and McCall Hardman is fast, but sometimes that's all he brings to the table. Sometimes that's literally all McCall Hardman can bring to the table. He needs to develop being a swift route runner, and just a good over-the-top separator. Because obviously he has the speed. Sometimes he just doesn't catch the ball or runs his routes like a tight end, basically. They're very poor. But this Super Bowl was not a game. It really wasn't. I didn't watch all of it. I barely watched half of it. It just was not a game. The Bucks dominated. It's as simple as that. It's straight up as simple as that that the Bucks dominated. And they're going to be looking to repeat next year because Tom Brady's coming back. He's probably going to play past 45 because this man hates his kids or his wife or something like that that he wants to stay away from him for so long. <laughs> but Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than all 32 franchises because the Patriots have six, Steelers have six, and now Tom Brady has seven. This man is seven for 10 in Super Bowls. That is just mind-boggling how crazy this man's career is. And he could he could retire right now. And he'd be the greatest quarterback of all time. I think when he entered the season, he was still the greatest quarterback of all time. But this Super Bowl win just cements himself as the greatest quarterback of all time. It's crazy to me. It genuinely is crazy to me. But, I don't know. I don't know where the Chiefs go from here because they obviously are still going to be good. Um, Obviously, Mahomes was um, had his toe injury, so that probably didn't help anything. Let's 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 talk about the the play calling. A lot of people were complaining about the officiating. I think at one point it was the Chiefs had like eight penalties for like 75 yards. And the Bucks had like two for like 14 or something. Something like ridiculous like that to where it was so lopsided. But it made sense. The Chiefs were getting frustrated early, playing dirty, you know, getting upset. And it just, it showed that how pissed that Chiefs team was and how unhappy it was just by Tyron Mathieu. He was not happy. He was livid. Um, that one, that one uh, defensive pass interference call on I think Brashad Breland when he like dove, he like tripped and like kind of like swooped up Mike Evans' leg. That one was iffy because does Mike Evans even get to the ball there? Like was that even a catchable throw or did Tom Brady overthrow it just a, just a little bit? 
I didn't agree with that call, honestly. Um, yeah, Mike Evans got tripped up, but was he really about to create, you know, six to seven yards in that span? Because it, it looked a little overthrown. But maybe maybe he could have caught it. Maybe that's what the refs thought. He could have caught it. He had he had a chance to make the catch, but was obviously tripped up. But both teams both teams really had their ups and downs. I mean, the Bucks really didn't have that many downs this game. Um, except starting off kind of slow, but Tom Brady and uh, company really picked it up. And I'm interested for this offseason. I'm interested to see how the Bucks take Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Chris Godwin. I'm excited to see what they do in the offseason because Shaq Barrett balled out. He balled out. He created pressure consistently and just played super well. So they're gonna have, they need to bring him back. I believe he's 28 years old. Obviously, if you play Madden, that's what a lot of people think nowadays is, oh, he's 28, he's getting older. A lot of these guys can play into their mid-30s. D-lineman is a little bit harder because, you know, you're out there all the time getting trying to fight these O-linemen. But Chris Godwin's still young. Levante David's 30, and he's still balling out. Him and um, Devin White make an amazing, amazing linebacking core because it looks like they run, I can't tell if it's a 4-3. I think they run a 3-4, though. I think they run a 3-4. It has to be because they because Shaq Barrett's an outside linebacker who comes off the edge, and then they run David and White out there. So, yeah, they they run a 3-4 unless I'm just stupid. They have to run a 3-4. But the Chiefs, like we talked about, they need to work on their O-line. They need to work on receivers because Sammy Watkins isn't it. McCole Hardman is still young, but he needs to develop as a route runner and be able to catch the ball. And their defense, there's just some holes there. Obviously, you have Legereus Sneed at corner, who I believe was a rookie this year. You have Tyron Matthew, who I believe is about to enter his 30s, if not already in his 30s, but he's still playing really well. You got Chris Jones. Frank Clark is whatever. But maybe they look at linebacker, like a Zaven Collins or Nick Bolton in the draft, but just like a just like a speak-up linebacker that can you know command the defensive front. But we'll have to see. It, this game was not very exciting. Uh, the halftime show was probably more exciting than the whole game, and I wasn't even really a big fan of that. Um, I just don't like the weekend, boys. But that's all I got for today. There's really not too much to talk about because it just wasn't a game. <laughs> it was so lopsided. And the Chiefs have to go look at the drawing board and just see what they can do. Obviously, you know, Mahomes was injured. Eric Fisher was out all that stuff to look at, but their own line needs help and they need receivers. I know I said it maybe like 17 times already in the 18 minutes, but it's it's just the facts. It's really the facts, but that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. This is the Pylon Sports signing out, everybody.